good evening or good morning or good day whenever this should find you you beautiful soul my name is nova and you have perhaps stumbled across nova logs a diary if you will a public one where i lay down at night and i talk deeply about what's going on in my life or the thoughts that have roamed through and found their way on my bed with me. You will find that I'll be reflecting on love, relationships, setbacks, or self-love, and everything in between. So, before today's episode, sit back or lay down if you can. Light some candles, incense, make whatever you need comfortable around you. Grab that glass of wine, that apple juice, glass of tequila, whatever you fancy. Stay hydrated. Water works best too. And if you're under 21, water or some juice works best too. <laughs> so get comfortable and welcome to my brain. Let's talk. Good evening, folks. Thanks for tagging along for another episode. So today, or this week, I wanted to talk about purpose. You know, it's something that we're not all used to finding or knowing what it is. Or some of us know what we want to do from a very early age. But also some of us are, I feel like most of us are finding them, in a state of finding them, at least. And I, there's a sense of freedom with that, that I'm learning. It's really beautiful, actually. And it's interesting to think about all of the things that may or may not need (laughs) to happen for you to get to that point where you're learning and you're growing and you're feeling happier about what you're doing. And the last few, the last couple of months, I it's kind of insane that I have been doing this podcast for at least, at least a month and a half and, or two months. I thought it was just this thing that I was going to try and try and like and have a hard time figuring out how to make it work for me that made me the most comfortable and this just feels really good and I like being able to speak straight from my mind and I have my own routine but the purpose for me actually doesn't really involve too much of the podcast it's it's more like an extension of me it's it's sort of my new medium in a sense of expression that has many different ways that I can t- like take it from just a podcast but I've thought about so many different things of how I can incorporate what I talk about and what I do and part of that is actually TikTok and I said it a few times before but I said it again tonight when I was speaking with a new friend that I met on TikTok, which is really cool. Um, 
I never had that before on a social media platform. Well, yeah, no, I've not really had one where I meet people online and there is that level of connection prior to meeting them that was cultivated in a rather healthy way online. You know, and there's always things to be safe about, of course, you know, no matter the situation, it's always good to be safe. Um, so don't go meeting random strangers. That's not what I'm saying, but it's just interesting. It's just interesting that this community or that this platform is able to cultivate what most social media platforms have been trying to do, or at least to my perspective, have failed to cultivate that for someone maybe like me, you know? And by like me, I just mean me as an individual for some reason, that this platform is just speaking on a level that is, uh, it's still problematic in a lot of the traditional ways, which is really ridiculous to think about, um, problematic things being traditional, right? So it still has all of that, <laughs> but somehow when I was talking to this friend, they, I, I mentioned, I was like, you know, it's kind of like a video or a, yeah, a video platform version of Reddit where there is so many niche subreddits that you could like uh, build an entire community on. That's why we have things like uh, trans TikTok or like uh, gay TikTok or, you know, straight TikTok or um, narc TikTok. <laughs> like there's so many different ways. And it's just, that's, that's, that's the golden egg right there is it's working because there are people who are able to connect and it's beautiful. There's like three other people that I have been engaging with. And then, well, yeah, like a handful, a lot of people that I am just able to engage with in my daily life outside of the platform. It's interesting and I love it. And it really showed me that what I'm doing in my podcast can be an extension of me and what I do outside of like on TikTok, you know, my message of either mental health or me being honestly just vulnerable in a way where I'm advocating for my experience, but others that have experienced the things that I go through on my own. And it's beautiful because then I can also educate people who don't have the information that I had, that, that I looked for, that I was able to find in my situation. And it's wonderful to extend that to, because the platform is fairly younger too. And I don't mean like teenagers. I mean, people who are either just starting, actually, forget that, not even to do with age people who are at different stages of being trans, you know, for whatever that means for the individual, but either they haven't started hormones or they haven't even come out. And that to me is, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to have a connection to those people, to be able to speak to them. And then there's the people that are 
more experienced or have lived longer than me that I am able to find and, and learn from too on the things that I would want to learn from or learn about. So it's just a wonderful extension of community and wherever you want to find it. And in that I have found my purpose in a sense, what I want to do, how I'm laying in bed and for once I'm thinking about something to do with what I want to create. And I realized, I'm like, wow, I don't care if I make money or anything out of this. I just have fun doing it, but I also know that it's important to me and that it it helps one or two other people at least, you know? And that to me was just very fulfilling. And I'm learning that that's what it feels like to Find something to be proud of doing, you know? Pride isn't a level of hierarchy over who else or what else, what somebody else is doing. It's inner acceptance and pride. It's being able to acknowledge that this is what I want to do and I can do my best to, in it, you know? And then being able to support others doing the same thing and building up other people to be visible, which helps acceptability in our world for people like me or people who relate to my experiences. And then therefore they can advocate for people like them. And it's, I love it. It's such a good feeling. I'm learning to re it's uh, when you have that and you feel confident in that it feels good to not care what people think, you start to really learn that along with all the other work that you may be doing that I have been doing, really coming into my own in less of a physical self, a sense, you know, I've been spending a lot of time transitioning, kind of getting my own bearings on life, um, decompressing like things that I don't know about in my past that I never acknowledged and new experiences that have, whether I wanted to or not, they transformed my life. And so I want to help other people and maybe help them not be in specific other situations while trying to learn about a lesson or something, learn about an experience that they had and how to process it, how they make, how they can process it the way that they would like to. And that is kind of a tie in with mental health and my trans experience and my womanhood, my past, my heritage, my ethnicity, my spirituality, all of those experiences, all of those uh, perspectives are part of who I am. And it's time I'm proud of that. And so that's what I've been really learned. And I don't know if it's because I found or realized a sense of purpose with what I've been doing lately, but it definitely is acting as a transformative force for me and it's realigning me in ways that I wish years ago I learned how to give up on what people thought of me while even more so being able to admit that you do that. You know, that is also part of it. That is also part of it is being self-aware, being able to say like, mm, I care what people think. It's okay. You know, there is nothing wrong with the fact that you are in that state of mind 
There is nothing wrong with the fact that you are doing it. It's just not healthy for you, you know, and being able to accept that and admit it is a lot is is really a big step towards being able to not do it. And that's all part of shame and all of the guilt that you you get growing up, not feeling like you're allowed to take space and exist and be who you are, answer all of your whys in a safe space. And then you won't, you know, care about what people think. And that's the ideal, like, space to live in, right? But you're never going to get it if you're trying to fight for that but not admit that you have something like that holding you back. And on some level, it is okay also to have a healthy version of caring about what people think, you know? That's how you allow yourself to learn and adopt new perspectives because if you care about what somebody thinks, then you care about learning from them. That's not to say that every opinion they have you take on. And so you start to really dissect what it means to have a healthy version of caring about what others think of you or an unhealthy obsession with it that overrules your actions in your life and your ultimately your happiness, your ability to live your truth and find your purpose. So it can land people in a catch-22. <sighs> when I was when I was young, I didn't, I wasn't an extension of myself. I was an extension of my experiences. And when that happened, that caused me to really not understand myself in the world. And it made it so that Whatever was happening at home meant that I needed to please for love. I needed to give and not acknowledge myself or my feelings or my worth or my place at home even. You know, you get told who you are and that's the experience of not just being a child and in a home with parents that will also lack the tools to teach you how to to process life. So that can definitely shape someone from early age, but on top of that, expectations of culture, expectations of shame having to do with circumstances that you may never find out about or know. Or that if you do later in life like me, I am realizing a lot about my past in the last year. 2020, am I right? <laughs> so when I grew up in that, I also had this Arab perspective of it. Because around me, I saw a blueprint of what my life through my family looked like it needed to be. And on top of and on top of um, being a little bit isolated from, and when I say the world, I mean like human interaction in a sense, where the people you do interact with are either family or like family friends, or maybe even friends, but friends that came from, you know, the connections of the parents to other parents, you know, and so. That's all that even there, it's like a, a pre-built world. 
And so when you're isolated from just human connection, and by isolated, I mean not really able to learn how to understand another person other than your parents, you know? And when you think you do, you think it needs to be a certain way. And this is based on how your parents interact with people. So then you grow up and that's how you grow up being an extension of your parents and not yourself. So you have that layer and then you add on all of the culture and then whatever trauma your parents went through. And then like every, all the history that you're left separated from. My parents moved, my dad moved here with my dad's side of the family. They moved here for money. I mean, they moved here for a life because coming from, you know, Iraq is, <laughs> or um, Iraq for Americans, or like Iraq for white people. <laughs> um, but Iraq is had its struggles. <laughs> it's very, it's so strict that even its own culture wants to get away from it in a sense, some people on a level where they don't want to live such a strict life of culture and expectation. But then all of that's residual. You grow up into it. You, you, you start to blend it with Western society and it becomes its own toxic energy or it can in a sense. And it depends on, you know, your family, right? But when you have someone like my parents, they moved here for money and I ended up growing here, growing up here. And I ended up being like, I was born here. I had this idea, like this perception from my end was we're in America and it's supposed to be free and it's supposed to be accepting and embodiment of human rights. And at an early age, I obviously wouldn't have that full thought in my head, but I would have that basic understanding that like, oh, safety here, you know? And it really taught me, and believe me, I didn't have this mind, this concept of America um, for very long <laughs> because, uh, I come from a single parent and life is tough. You know, life was rough and I didn't have a clue how to process the world. And then I realized that like, oh, okay. Even in America, even if I didn't know, um, myself enough at that point, I knew I was different. I knew that there was something up. So I, almost, I had shame about that. And I had this perception of how I needed to fit into society and then how I needed to fit at home and then how I need to fit in the culture of my family. That's a lot of identities to tackle growing up when you don't even know why your body is reacting to certain things and why you're, why you can't just do what you want to your hair. Like it, you know, why you can't dress what I, like I couldn't even, I like to sit here and say, oh, like I always try to wear what I wanted. Like I always tried to wear girls clothes. Um, I didn't even have the cognition to think about what I wanted to wear because I felt like I had to fit a certain mold. 
So, yeah, I didn't grow up wearing all of uh, what would be considered um, opposite gender, but I didn't have awareness of myself. And so I grow up and I go through all of these experiences and I finally realize America is not like that. And it should be, but I also had to grow up understanding that, hey, this is better than where I could have been growing up. So there is that appreciation for it. However, that forced me to live in a constant survival mode. And I mean a state of fearing one's safety, and I never understood why. I've had many moments with friends where, whether we were smoking or drinking or whatever, whatever we were doing, I have had phases of paranoia. I've had, ha- I have had experiences of paranoia where the situation was always that, oh my God, I could die. And I have never understood that until this year, really. Never really understood why I was, my brain was capable of doing that. That doesn't make me crazy. It doesn't make me insane or hallucinating things. But when you grow up without self-awareness and you grow up not being allotted the truth of even just yourself, not even being told the real situation of your home life or wondering why certain things happen. And then, and then wondering if, like, if I look back at my childhood, I don't really remember much of it. There's not much that I remember. I remember very small amounts. And anytime I would remember something, I would be told, how do you remember all of that? That's not real. Or that's not possible. Like you were so young. How would you know? Or like a lot of experiences that I know happened and then we're told no. So you grow up with that. It it, it all makes sense. You know, hey, paranoia. <laughs> that's where you come from. We all have to go through these experiences. And in one day it clicks. Sometimes it's from a catalyst of another situation. And sometimes it's, um, sometimes it breaks your spirit and it can lead you into very dark places. And depending on how well you've been surviving, because again, we've only been in survival mode, but that is what our society has for me and it has for other people. And now I'm able to talk to them. I'm able to to talk to people who go through the same things, same experiences. Yes, more specifically about my trans experiences because that's the life I'm living in right now. But all of the the past, all of that stuff, that's going to come whether you've dealt with it before or after transitioning. And it has nothing to do with being trans. So I found my purpose, which is to not only heal with others or heal, help heal others or guide, but it's 
to heal myself, lead by example in, set, in, in a way. And I am immensely proud of that. And that means that I will be vulnerable on TikTok. And I'll also be funny on TikTok. I'll call some bitches out on TikTok. <laughs> because what? Reading is fundamental. The new friend said that and it reminded me of it. In all seriousness, though. In all unseriousness. <laughs> I feel so much more capable of getting any dream that I want to happen to manifest. Because my purpose can do all of what I've been trying to do my entire life. Create art, speak to people, and help people. And I don't care about how many people I help. The more the merrier. But even just one. One person. That is, that, that is always my goal. Just one person. <laughs>